In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Best money you ever spent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. So what the first big purchase we ever made as we, when we were married was a 20-volume Oxford English Dictionary. But that was not a okay. dumb purchase because he still, I mean, I just saw him pull Meredith out. Meredith just couldn't wait, say no. All, what year was that? 98. Okay. So the internet was new. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think did we order it over the phone or something like that. I had always wanted the Oxford English Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I still have it. It's yeah, we, I, I was going to say, I literally just saw him pull out a, a, a volume like two days ago. Yeah. I take it this is going to come in handy since you put it in my volume. No, it I was like, oh, is this going to come back into play? I thought we pretty much dealt with it. You this. never found the hidden message. I've said too much. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I do think Oh, you need heat. <laughs> Throw it in the other room. <laughs> 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 we need more lemons. This we need is more not heat. Quite, <laughs> not quite on the same level as... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, Rick went all out with this invisible ink stuff. <laughs> you need a reagent. It's actually, I interleave two pieces of paper. <laughs> oh. And you have to get the fibers out. You have to hold it up before a full moon, and uh, that's the only way you can read it. <laughs> I use my advanced steganographic <laughs> techniques to... <laughs> Oh, man. I do think it's funny that you put the player's handbook in front of me because I was literally just for one. I mean, He yeah. didn't mean to do that. If it was anyone, subconscious. If anyone yeah. needs it, it's you. But I was actually just over this past week in editing and going through, I yeah. thought, I really need to go back to the handbook and look up some of the things that I have in this box and remind myself what they do because I feel like, I feel like I'm wasting a lot of Tira's abilities that she has. Because I don't remember what they are. Yeah. I just think, oh, well, she swings with an axe, and that's pretty much it. Well, but she's got all this stuff. I mean, nothing like what you guys have as far as spells and things. But just different other stuff. actual... Uh, that sounds... Not like spells or anything, Christ. but actual useful things. I was going to say I actual abilities. Actual abilities. <laughs> that's like, not what I meant. Well, uh, <laughs> I can do stuff. You probably don't need me, so I'll just be leaving. <laughs> First of all, I have been in communication with a fellow Dungeon Master from another podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed getting to know Mike from Tales from the Glass Guarded World. It's been a great story. I've really enjoyed getting to know the world he's created. There's some fun stuff going on in that. But as I've been commenting on his episodes and so forth, and he's been listening to our show too, he uses a critical fumble table. So when you roll a one on an attack, he uses a a neat randomized table that has different effects on it. So it's not just you hit your teammate or you drop your weapon or whatever. It's It's got a nice long list. And so I'm going to start using that effective this I episode. I, like I know, I'm like, great! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it adds to the flavor of it and makes it, <laughs> makes it challenging and different. So look for that. Next time somebody rolls a one on a weapon attack, here we go. Please don't say next time, just say <laughs> if, if it if. ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, something else that I want to try, and I'm calling it my jam. And this is something that we're going to see how it works out. And this is subject to change over time. If we find that it's imbalanced or too easy or whatever, we're going to make changes to it as we go. But here's the idea. Meredith has voiced her irritation several times that something like stone cunning that is part of a dwarf, she just happens to fail on almost every time. It's rare that she's succeeded. So as I got to thinking about that, I thought, well, everybody has something that they think that they're really just good at. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have each of you identify something, one skill or proficiency that you have proficiency in. And basically, once you've identified that, you need to have proficiency in it. Like I said, if you fail a check against that special selection, you can instead choose to succeed. And you can do that one time per long rest. 
So go ahead and identify that one thing that you want to consider your character's jam. And basically, once per long rest, you get a chance to override a failure because this is your thing, your jam. Do we have to do it right now? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, I mean, haven't I, had a I chance to go mine. back. I think I've chosen oh, an easy one. So they're done. They we're back at the restaurant <laughs> table here, Mary. <laughs> She's always the last one to order. I, thought you, were, I, I thought you were going to say you were going to incorporate breakdance fighting. And I was going to be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And it's based on actual physical performance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a monk, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm spinning on my head and kicking five people in the face at the same time. <laughs> Well, I only say that because, like I said, I wanted to go back and reread some of these things. I didn't know you were going to make us do that. <laughs> I told you to be prepared. That was like two weeks ago. Exactly. Wait, All the more so I forgot about it is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I won't allow weapon proficiencies. No, no, no. Um, no I've got but, something. But if you have a toolkit or something like that, and I don't know the last time okay, any can, of you has used a toolkit. Can I ask for a modification on that? Yeah. What's, what are you asking? Because I'm always turning into an animal, can I pick like sense of smell? And I want to couple it with perception. Like if I'm tracking someone, I want to be able to smell the direction that they're going or well, something. Don't you already have a feature that allows you to well, enhance I have, your smell? It's keen sense, but yeah. I, always, I always fail on it whenever I try to use it. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm failing on it and I'm like not able to actually perceive anything. Um, and- if you want to make a sense-related perception check as in you are using one of your five senses to track someone like i just I, and i show yeah. smell because animals usually have a keener sense of smell than the yeah. humans and if we're tracking someone or trying to find someone so let's go with a scent related perception okay check. yes okay. if you were going to and i, I like the i like okay. the narrowness of this okay. because that makes it i think more important yeah yeah let's let's go okay. with that okay. if you want to write that down somewhere yeah, yeah, sure. uh, a scent related perception check is your jam Thanks to your animalistic affinities. Plus, I have to get beyond my own smell, too. So, like, I, I, yeah. my, my own smells yeah. are so powering. I, I need to be able to succeed on that to get beyond my own, your nose you know, extends sulfuric five feet. Uh, body odor-based <laughs> smell. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, did you have something picked out? Yes. Um, at the risk of hurting any new relationships, I think that given what my character does and is and his background and his future, uh-huh. that um, failing a deception check would not be very useful for him. So succeeding on all deception checks. Wow. So you want to be a better liar? <laughs> no. <laughs> the best. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Okay. Uh, I like it. Is it a specific type of deception that you want to be? your jam or just in general again i like specificity on this sure absolutely Um, of hand i would say regarding a deception check it would be a deception that is related to getting someone to be at a place or go somewhere or convinced that something is like a persuasion deception like like persuasion oriented yeah okay so in instances where you are trying you're using dice to determine the success of persuading someone to do something deceitful or you are deceitfully trying to persuade them to do something correct that's your jam okay i like it you have anything and we can wait we can hold off on this Uh, (laughs) because she's used intimidation successfully I, yeah i mean i am proficient in intimidation checks so I, it, that, that could be it mm-hmm. i was reacquainting myself with with the rules of stone cunning uh-huh. and also reckless attack because i basically never remember to ever never use ever that. that's right yeah mm. 
uh, danger sense. I mean, like I have, see, like the thing, like I have all these things that I forget that I have. What is reckless attack? So with reckless attack, I can, on my turn, it doesn't mean I can go out of turn, but I can choose to attack recklessly, meaning I get advantage on attack rolls just automatically for doing reckless attack. But the downside is attack rolls against me also have advantage until my next turn. Because I'm just like heedlessly, the idea is she's just heedlessly running in instead of like planning or whatever. You should ask for... I thought there was more to it than that, but that's pretty much it. You should ask for, regardless of your turn, allowed one uh, reckless attack out of turn. Keeping all the same that rules, w- but like one time a day or a yeah, year or whatever. But you could year. just reckless attack. Yeah, no, not a year because we've only been on this thing for like <laughs> three weeks. We haven't even been but on But like once a day, like like it, it, she could be like completely Tira and be like, Rah! and just run out there out of, outside a turn. <laughs> so okay. reckless, reckless um, attack is just starting, well, you can throw aside all concern for defense and attack with fierce desperation. You make your first attack on your turn. You can decide to attack recklessly. Gives you advantage on melee weapon attacks. So that wouldn't apply to my bow, but it would apply to my axe. Using strength during this turn. I don't know what that means exactly. If but, you use an attack that uses your strength. Oh, so score. melee. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but attack rolls against you have advantage until your next turn. Mm. So there's not a ton to it, and I've never really remembered to use it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to keep away from attacks. Yeah. I want it to be more yeah, yeah. abilities. So, well, that was just one that I wanted to remind myself. Sure. What even is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you did because you'll that, forget it again. Yeah, I will. Um, that would have come in sort of handy in the last fight. I'll remind you, but I'll, I'll mess it up and say, you can do your ridiculously attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you and I talked about, I mean, I guess stone cunning makes the most sense. Danger sense is the other one. I always forget that I even have. I don't even know what that means. Gain an uncanny sense of when things nearby aren't as they should be, giving you an edge when you dodge away from danger. You have advantage on dexterity saving throws, which that would be helpful. Dexterity is not a great skill of mine. You have spidey sense. Yeah. Yep. You have advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects that you can see, such as traps and spells. To gain this benefit, you can't be blinded, deafened, or incapacitated. That's actually pretty cool. So I mean, that's a possibility too. Yeah, that, that one would work. Yeah, maybe I'll go with that because the stone cunning, I mean, I have kind of historically flopped on that, which seems... It's never been life or death, though. Yeah, it's usually just... I but it's s- caused like me and other people to go, hmm, yeah, you really know your stones. <laughs> well, you're that, supposed yeah, to be a troll. That's true. I mean, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Your reputation you're is a dwarf. It <laughs> 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 <sighs> hasn't been life or death, but her reputation has taken <laughs> Yeah, yeah, suffered quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely one of those two. Um, Flip a coin. Well, while you're thinking about it, we'll come back to it at the end of this episode. Okay. Uh, We have a review. So Meredith, why don't you read that review for us? This is a five-star review by 383. One of the two clean podcasts I am caught up on. Little thumbs up. I used to say too many ads. Now I say, you guys should really check out this podcast. P.S. I turned from 9 to 10 years old while listening to you. Well, happy birthday, belatedly, and congratulations on that milestone, and thank you for the review. Yeah, thank you very much for the review. If you've not yet taken the time to rate and review us on any of your podcast services that allow that, please take a moment to do that because it helps us to become more visible and more people get to share in this story. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. One last thing. We got some artwork. Oh, that's right. (laughs) We 
you guys are, well, Jeremy might not appreciate it as much, but. Well, um, you'll appreciate it because it's from Renoa and she has been listening to our podcast. And as we read in the letter that she sent last time, she wanted some details about our characters and so forth. So she has taken the time to draw some of our characters. So we have Tira Ironstag. That axe is dope. <laughs> I know. We have Wamberbash Benson Mum. <laughs> yes. And what's it say on the little badge there? Wamberbash the Wild. Yeah. We kind of have Peter here <laughs> in the background, <laughs> but the focus is... Oh, yeah. It's Radiance. Radiance. Yep. And what does Peter say in back there? <laughs> Peter also out of armor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that. We thought that was fun. He's, he he's in the background with eyes? little hearts drifting over his head or something. He's clearly yeah. smitten. Yes. And then uh, here's a great one. Yes! <laughs> What's it say? Tira plus Chiswick. They're kissing. Ooh. And it says wedding. Look at P.S. <laughs> because, <they're, laughs> because they're at the same level kissing. It says P.S. Tira is standing on a stool for this. <laughs> and then finally. These are going on. on yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've already taken pictures of these. What's the last one? Oh, yeah. It's, it's got Wombert, Bash, and Peter in the back saying, called it. <laughs> yeah, so the camera has pulled out, so yeah. you see the full shot, including Tira standing on y the stool. Yes, that is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. So I've taken pictures of these. Those are some deep kisses right there. Right? I know. I'm like, wow. <laughs> she, she's been delaying this. <laughs> yeah, it's been building <laughs> in her absence. <laughs> so thank you, Renoa. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your enthusiasm for the show by, by sharing your drawings with us. We really appreciated that. That was very sweet. And we hope to see more from you. And if you have also been thinking, listeners, about artwork of your own, we sure would love to see it. In fact, we have a whole channel on our Discord server devoted to artwork. We would love to see your images of our show. With all that said, hello, stackers. Thank you for joining us around our table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. And Jeremy as Dimitri Langenbeev. Who is ready to tell a story? Me. I am. Absolutely. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. There is a collective gasp in the marketplace as someone yells out, Kiropoulos! Uh, we're not... We're not from here. I don't understand what you mean. The smiler says, You don't have to understand. You just have to obey. Obey what? Our laws. He, and he gestures to Thump, is a slave. We can take him and do all the work necessary to make this right. Uh, can you come closer? I really can't hear you. <laughs> he looks surprised for a moment, and then he says, What? I said, can you come closer? I can't hear you. I don't think I like your tone, young man. I don't like you. One of them goes right by you and you think, oh, I'm good. And then as you start to shift to look, the two behind you spot you. Don't. <laughs> One of them yells, boss, I think I found someone you were looking for. And with that, he swipes at you. Dimitri, having been stabbed, moves down to cover the wound and comes lower to the floor. But when he does so, 
and he stands up, he moves his cloak aside, and in the ruffle of the fabric, there are sleight of hand. All there of are sudden. four Dimitri standing there in the alleyway. I'm not gonna do brute strike. I'm gonna do knockback. Ooh, that's a three. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now the way I see this happening is you're in a marketplace full of stalls, and so he's gonna hit something. Oh my word! And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he takes an additional 1d6 damage per, per side point spent. You just knocked him out of town. You literally knocked this dude into like next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. I'm going to knock you into next Friday. We rise slowly, perhaps expecting to go on another of our now familiar jaunts around the continent of Edelin. This time, however, we only lift a couple dozen feet into the air, just high enough to see the jumble of the midnight market. For the most part, the booth-lined lanes of the open area are clear, except for the crowds, but a swath of debris some 70 feet long cuts straight north through a number of booths. Moonlight glints on bits of metal that peek out from under the mangled debris of wooden framework and shredded cloth. Coins and goods have been strewn this way and that as something has blasted through. The night holds its breath in the shocked silence that follows the startling sound of an explosion. Even the crowd has come to a stop, and people wait expectantly. Then, something stirs beneath the cloth, and a blackened hand reaches out from underneath, peeling away the covering. With a low groan, the handsome face of the Karapalos Siam appears with a grimace. The swagger is mostly gone, and he wearily rolls to his stomach, grunting with pain and wincing as he struggles to his feet. With a snarl, he glances over his shoulder at the ruined path leading to where he is. In daylight, he might still be able to clearly see Womberbash, Tira, and the towering figure of Thump, but all he sees now is the crystalline glint of Thump in the blue light of the island moon. He stands, favoring a leg, bites back a harsh word, then squeezes between the last couple booths at the north end of the market and disappears into the night. Thank goodness he's not coming back <laughs> to well, us for now. Or getting reinforcements or something. Yep. Well, that's true, but we don't have to immediately deal with that situation. What are you going to do in the next few seconds of stillness? So here's the deal. So like, we can't just sit here and say, okay, we're done. Let's go back to the crib. Right. I mean, we, we something's going to happen. Either more people are going to come or... Yeah, I imagine he's going to tell us yeah, what, what yeah, the reaction yeah. of the surrounding people are. We need to find a Simmeries, I think, Tira. I need to get my axe back. We need to leave. Dimitri, what are you doing? Well, first of all, I'm going to get my dagger back. Your dagger was stuck in the leg of the guy. The guy who ran off? Mm -hmm. oh, okay, like I said, there. I need to get my dagger back. <laughs> <laughs> get over here! <laughs> as far as I remember, it, yeah. it stayed yeah, lodged no, in his no, leg. I think yeah. it did, too. Was that the only dagger you had? No, I've got more. Okay, I was going to say. Got, that was my favorite dagger. Like, yeah. <laughs> it worked. My dad gave me that dagger. <laughs> Staying here in the middle of town is not going to be very beneficial for any of us. There are a lot of people who owe uh, a lot of allegiance to who we just beat up, and uh, it's going to cause some problems. 
Uh, I don't know if there is a place that you know to hide out, but if not, I'm going to have to do what I can to see if we can arrange a place to stay. Staying where you are, I hope you didn't leave anything important in your rooms, uh, going back there may be somewhat dangerous. Uh, I didn't leave anything that I can't leave behind, but my axe is at the Tinker's booth. Absolutely, and I I, I absolutely understand that. I think that our first order of business is going to be to uh, find a place to disappear to, and that with alacrity. Well, we, if we can get outside the city limits, we can put down the fortress. Do you want to go outside the city limits without your axe? Go, I know go, go, we're go, not go, go run and get it. Just grab some money and throw it in there and grab it. There are easier ways to be able to get that back, but I think we have to get off the street as soon as possible. There is a very uncomfortable feeling all around you. Okay, uh, take us. Take the us crowd has go. gathered, and you are encircled. Oof. We are. My back is to an alley. Is there any route down the can alley you behind me? Down the alley. You can. It's a dead end. Oh, we're not going to have to fight our way out of this circle too. No, now, are we? Necessarily. <laughs> all right, Dimitri. It's given, time for you to Dimitri's talk your ability, way out of this. Given Dimitri's um, understanding of the city. Is there, are there any doorways down the alley behind me, down behind me? So more or less the alley behind me is no... It is a dead end. Womber yep. Bash okay. is becoming a little claustrophobic with the encircle. Mm. The encircling is kind of closing in. He mm-hmm. spends five side points oh boy. and he dons his wings. You now already you, had your wings. You already have Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that's right. If you want to do it again, I wouldn't mind. I'm going to take <laughs> back the five. I'm going to open up my wings and just like bat them to kind of push the people away. Okay, us. they they weren't pressed right up against right. you. They, they were giving you a healthy radius. E- either way, like I okay. think the wind from the thing sure. is just going to like mm-hmm. p- push them back a uh, little bit more. Your wings are a little bit constrained because of the narrowness of the booths okay. on one side at so least. Just- you're, you're, <laughs> you're spreading them out to basically ensure yeah, that yeah. you have a halo. Give, give you a circle. Yeah. Okay, good. I like the flavor. We need to get out of here. Dimitri, uh, start talking your way out. Well, I can talk my way out. I, I, need, I, I need to know where to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mariam steps forward out of the crowd, and she was the proprietor yeah, of mm-hmm. the dubious dinghy. Mariam, it is wonderful to see you. Uh, might we impose on maybe some place you know that we could go that may not be as um, open and evident to prying eyes? Her face is blank. It is drained of color and her mouth is hanging open her eyes are wide what have you done well we caused a bit of a stir Uh, it's not going to be good for us for a little while Uh, i i'm doing what i can to make sure that uh, my good friends right here are no longer becoming a problem for your establishment at least you are not going anywhere you will come with us you have saved us her hands go up in the air. <laughs> I was about to say, Womber Bash relieved himself right there. <laughs> With that, the crowd erupts into a cheer like you have not heard in a long time. You have saved us. It's been a while. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while, yeah. Okay, uh, the crowd parts to reveal... A people-lined lane back in the direction of the dubious dinghy. You hear people cheering and shouting and laughing, whistling somewhere in the background. Uh, obviously, there are some of the merchants who are busily trying to scrape up their belongings off the ground or perhaps helping themselves to belongings on the yeah, ground. Yeah, they're not too happy, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, man! Uh, so, obviously, the, the 
the money-minded nature of this community is taking advantage of the situation. But for the most part, the crowd is rejoicing in this moment of reprieve. Uh, there are hands patting you on the back, or at least most folks. Some are giving you a wide berth. Yeah, I, I imagine there, there are about of two minds here. Yeah. One of, oh my goodness, the first people in forever to actually show these guys what's what. And the other is kind of being like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand. Demi, are we yet to leave or something? Like, we to, well, Just keeps falling. Not, not necessarily. The Karopolis uh, crime family is well known in the area and they have uh, a significant bit of power. It was always a risk to see what would happen if we pushed back against them. We're very thankful that the city has recognized uh, the actions as beneficial to them as opposed to a larger danger. However, it is wise for us to not be uh, as easy to find right now, just in case. Tira, what is he saying? I think it's okay, Bash, but I'm not sure we can go back to the public house. Maybe we can just find somewhere else to lay low so that they can't find us? Miriam, the the quietest place that you know of, uh, whether it's one of your properties or one of your friends, would be a great place for us to uh, lay low. I have a little house near the edge of the city, but it would be good if you get your things, I think. Yes, thank you very much. I- I'll do that right now. And Tira scampers towards the... Uh, Tinker. Ooh. You might want to go by there. I think we passed the tinker, though, to get to this place. So it's well, on the way. So I here's think. the thing now. It may not seem like as much of an emergency. She can afford to let wait for him to fix it because there was a big chunk out of the out of the blade. She dropped it off with him because there was a chink out of the mm, blade. Okay. And she felt like she needed to get it immediately because she thought we were gonna have to get out of the dodge. But the mood seems to have changed. It seems like she can afford to leave it there while they just honker down overnight. He said it would be ready overnight. It doesn't seem like that much of an emergency anymore. In fact, as you pass this lane of people, you pass by the tinker's booth and he jubilantly holds the axe aloft. You can still see the chip is in the blade. Yeah. But you can hear him yelling over the crowd, I will do this first. And then he disappears from sight. Your axe goes back down behind and then okay. you hear... Yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. So she's going to head off to the dinghy right to get, there. The, yeah, he yeah, is, to get he is her stuff. She didn't leave much, but yeah. The the various things that I remembered that you have working. Your axe, Tira. Yes. Wamberbash, you're waiting on a tunic, a special tunic yeah. to be made. You're waiting on three large water skins. I think that was it. I have one more thing that uh, on the way as, well, well, we'll get to this once you get into your room. Okay. You make your way to the door of the dubious dinghy. And Mariam throws the door open, and with a broad smile, she gestures inside. Come to your room. Get your things, please. I will show you the way. Dimitri, are you going to go with them, or are you staying put? Uh, As it is their room, Dimitri is going to do what he... If you'll excuse me for just a moment, I'm going to do what I can to uh, talk to some friends of mine to see what's going on. Uh, I'll see you back here in just a moment after you go collect your items. All right, sounds good. All right, so you head up the stairs, mm-hmm. and uh, you're getting your things. You have everything from the room, and it's a wrench to leave this room. It really is. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. We thought we, we were going to be real comfy. We slept for like four hours. Eight hours. We had, we had, oh, we had oh, a nice. long rest there, yeah. And we're looking forward to just honkering down for a couple of days while we had our stuff made. Where's the rod of security? It's Where? in the DM's guide. The DM? Oh, the DM's guide. Okay. Is that what you have? Oh, yeah, that's what you picked up yeah. from the you don't You board. don't know what it is. I don't know what it is yet. Um, okay, I, I didn't bring my DMs guy, but uh, okay. 
And then, yeah, because I remember how, how how am I going to find out what this thing is or how to use it? But that's fine. I think it's one of the things I left in the room with a couple other things, so I'm able to grab it. I think at this point. Yeah, we didn't leave much. Tira had grabbed her axes and backpack, but I mean, there must have been just other sundry items yeah. that things we could have left. But now that we don't have to, it's good to. You scoop the last of your things into your bags and and so forth. As you open your backpack to put your last items in, Tira, there's a bright glow. From inside. What is this? It's the cover of the book that you got from Aldebrachilis Lair. Oh, I've forgotten all about this. The title, The Book of Muscles, seems to glow inside the backpack. The color shifts from purple to green to red and then back to purple. It's, the title? Yeah. Huh, I'd forgotten about this. And she pulls it out to examine it. And as she's looking at the, just looking at the cover and the color shifting nature of the title has an almost hypnotic effect on her eyes. Mm -hmm. And she had been in the act of putting her pack back on her shoulder and she just sort of (laughs) lets that (laughs) drop with a thud. What's this about? And she flips it open to the middle of the book. Roll a d12. Okay. Nine. Nine. A title at the top of this page, written in, again, lurid text, says, Flattening Plateaus, How to Push Past Your Best. Ooh, I have felt like I've kind of topped out lately. What is this? And she plops down on the floor cross-legged. People who read this article also read. (gasps) Read what? (laughs) And she's licking her thumb. Yeah. Yeah, and the, like, what is this? In the dimness of the room, Wamrabash, you see a, a glow coming from this page. Shining Harry up Potter, on Tira's Harry face. Potter journal style. <laughs> and then she sucked into the book. No, just kidding. That doesn't happen. Um, I'm just going to look at this, this rod that we got. And, um, bash, bash. Look at this. You see, see this paragraph here? It says that you can push past your plateau. What is a plateau? What do you mean? It's like when you know, and you're, you feel as strong as you possibly can, but you just you, you want to get better. The next I, page. The title catches your eye there. From blah to blasted in 30 days. <gasps> 30 days? That's as long as we've been on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> From blah to blasted. I want to be blasted. Bash, look at this. Walmer Bash, you get the feeling that if you're going to make any progress here, you're going to have to drag her from the room. I mean, are you taken over by this book or enchanted or something like that? Sort of. Because it seems weird. You're not acting like... It, it is captivating. We're trying to leave, though, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to get so, to I mean, you can Miriam's away. safe place. What are you, crazy? <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. It's okay. <laughs> I think we should leave, Tira. Uh, you're, you're not in our room. You're outside. Okay. I think we need to go. Go where? What do you mean? I, we, gotta, we, we gotta leave, right? We gotta get out of here. Thump issues a green meadow smell. Green meadow. Yes. Okay. What, what, what? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. So she, without taking her eyes off the page, picks her pack back up and puts it on her shoulder, licks her thumb and turns a page. Here another highlight hits you. Highlight of the month, how Dieter Darkhand maintains his glorious physique. <laughs> turns the page real fast. <laughs> All right, and you're uh, making your he way was down pretty the stairs. Ripped. No. <laughs> I, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> We got, we got some competition for Chizik. <laughs> and everybody else, apparently. Okay. All right, so she turns that page real quickly, but puts her pack back on and is just walking with her nose in the book. Hey, hey Thump, can you, can you like, like help her along? Yeah, she's going through? slowly down the steps, not yeah. wanting to break eye contact with the book yeah. as she goes. Look at that. 
protein intake is really important. I had never thought of that. <laughs> okay, you make your way downstairs, Dimitri. It seems like it maybe took a little longer than it should have for the few possessions that they <laughs> And she comes out, you see Tira come out reading this glowing book. But aside from that, they seem to be ready to go. Well, Dimitri doesn't look the same way he did. Oh. Oh, so you've changed? Dimitri is wearing a very different cloak. And most of his face is covered in a cloth mask. He's got his eyes set out, but not the rest of not the rest of him. He's not as tall as he was, and he's not dressed in the nice in, in the nice clothes. Is he no longer gorgeous? <laughs> we don't know. We his, don't face know. his face is covered. It's hey, a nice uh, looking scarf. Do, I see. Uh, do we have robes? I have my cloak of protection from Peter. That's it. I don't think I have anything. It, that's not a bad idea. We should probably sort of not be as conspicuous as we were. Thump's eyes go big. And he pats around, and then he pulls out that robe of stars that he oh, got yeah. from okay, the breakfast okay, lair. Okay. A volley of smells comes off of him, and he appears to be excited. Hmm. Thump likes being sneaky. I guess so. Good for him. <laughs> well, he better hunch, because I mean, yeah, he's right? like, taller than everybody here. He holds up the robe with both hands. His clawed fingers hold it out like you would a, a shirt that you're holding in front of you to mm-hmm. test for size without putting it on. And then he gestures with one hand, as if to say, cut off the sleeve. And he does that with both. And then he looks at you meaningfully. And then he points at the market. I think he says he needs to have this altered before it actually fits him right. There's a very strong green meadow smell. Okay, well, let's go back to the dude. Well, well, we will have to take care of that on another time. Um, uh, There's a sad rain smell. (laughs) A sad sad rain smell. Do I have? I have got that before. You know, getting that taken care of is is very important. I'm with you on that. I I think of first importance, what we will do is we will go ahead uh, to our hiding spot. If you, uh, big thing, want me to take that to our friend later on, I can absolutely have that delivered. Yeah, yeah. So just let him take care of it. Let's let's get back to the room. I I need to be able to concentrate. Thump looks at you, Dimitri, with narrowed eyes. His nostrils flare briefly. He's trying to send you out. And then he leans forward, gives a little shake of his head, looks a little confused, and then straightens back up. <laughs> He's going to go, you stink. You <laughs> smell like beef and cheese. You, you don't smell, smell like Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miss Miriam, if you would like to give us the directions to where we go. Or oh, I will take you there myself. You take us there yourself. Yes. That's wonderful. Follow me. Absolutely. She leads you through the winding streets of Karavi. And again, you're struck by just how completely whimsical this place is. There's no apparent structure to the layout of it. There's, it's just the streets go where the streets go. If you did not have her here and tried to follow her directions, you would have had problems. Even Dimitri, oh, Dimitri definitely has a, a much better sense of this place. But the places she goes, you don't often find yourself. And so she leads you to a tenement. It's a house that's built between other houses. And it seems that Maybe she doesn't stay here all the time, but it's a place that she has away from the dinghy. And it, um, it's, it sounds like it's a side street where there's no like vendors. It's just, it's just, it's, so yeah. it's quiet essentially yeah, on the is. street. Okay. It is. She leads you up to the third floor, opens the door. And as you step inside, it is a comfortably furnished place. It's small. One bedroom, some comfortable furniture, a small kitchenette, small fireplace and that sort of thing. But you have room to spread out a little bit. Tira goes immediately over into a corner to the first mattress she sees drops her stuff on the floor and then flops down on the bed to continue reading shockingly big biceps begin at the table hmm table what table 
We are incredibly thankful for your help, and I understand what a great uh, imposition this is for you to uh, open up this secondary residence for us. Uh, make sure you let me know what I can do for you to help. She wags a finger at you with a smile and says, Now remember, these are friends of Asimiris. Absolutely. That, and and Asimiris, who doesn't, who doesn't love Asimiris? He's everybody's friend. Thank you so much. Is there like a larder or anything? Uh, some oh, storage? Yes, I forget. I forget. <laughs> what kind of host am I? And she goes over, she pulls aside a curtain, and behind it there are food stores. Yes. I'm, I'm guessing cheeses. I'm guessing maybe some fruits, some tomatoes. Salamis. Mm, yep. It all sounds good. It's all there. Yeah, fresh food. I mean, I uh, just got out of a fight. I need to eat. Gotcha. She bows and she says, use what you will. I will be back. Yeah, thanks, thanks. She kind of waves a hand like, bye. Yeah, not even you. looking up from the book. Yeah, no, no, of course not. I have a feeling Wamberbash is going to clean this little cover curtain <laughs> thing out. Okay, now we're going to do something a little bit different in Stack of Dice history. Oh boy. We're going to progress two days. <gasps> well, let me go ahead and erase my damage. And yeah, what, right? What we're going to do is we're going to use this as world building time. Ooh. There are XP opportunities here for helping to build out the world, and this place. With my agreement, pretty much anything goes. So if you want to describe a place, a place in the city that you wander to in this time, if you want to help somebody, if you want to go down to the market and help rebuild it, anything is fair game. If you want to spend money, I'm basically making it a one experience point per hundred gold pieces spent to help build out a part of the city. If you want to help somebody, that's experience points there, and we'll We'll just kind of freewheel this, but mm. we're using this as world building time. So who would like to go first? I would. Womber Bass. <laughs> okay. So um, can I say I wander out and I find this place? Uh, Womber Bass, you finish the food and you sit there for a bit, staring out the window. The early morning, the sun is rising out over the ocean and the breeze picks up. You begin to hear the first gulls of the day. And as you're sitting there, your mind begins to wander. What are you thinking about? Okay. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm, that's it. Uh, I'm going to walk outside. I, I need to get out. It, it's, when you said this place was small, mm -hmm. it's a little small. And although it's not uh, triggering my true claustrophobia, I, I just want to get out and yeah. be in the air. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to step out and I'm going to look both ways, sort of like... Um, you know, cautiously, and uh, I'm gonna hunch over a little bit, just kind of make my myself a little, you know, um, less, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, less conspicuous. And I'm gonna head down. For your awareness, the street runs east northeast to northwest. It, it does like a check mark almost, okay, okay. and so it's uh, again, this is a very strange place. So I'm gonna choose one of them um, but I'm going to head down and I'm noticing as I'm going down that although the houses are sort of side by side and joined together there are some houses that are freestanding and mm -hmm. maybe there's a little bit of a gap mm -hmm. and I'm noticing that um, some of the gaps are a little wider allowing someone to travel in between the buildings Right. Um, and I can see that there's some stuff down there sort of making the evidence that, that people do travel this way I'm just going to choose one um, I'm probably going to get lost here but I'm going to go to the right and uh, go in between the buildings and the buildings are not quite square or plumb. 
some of them are leaning a right. little bit too. So um, as I'm going down this way, I'm noticing the walls are kind of closing in mm-hmm. and it's starting to trigger my <laughs> my claustrophobia. So I, I, I see an opening at the end. So I kind of run the rest of the way all the way through it and I barely make it through and then it opens up. Right. Uh, and I see some houses, but it looks like it's more of a courtyard. So like these houses are surrounding a courtyard. Nice. There's all these plants growing up um sticks lattice lattice or something like that um they're they're, they have green leaves and they have uh sort of like a pink purple flower but when i get close enough they're actually it's it's it looks like leaves the leaves of the plant are actually the the color purple and and pink uh with little yellow stamens and so it just they're crawling all over the buildings i notice at the end of this courtyard there's another small entrance or small hallway uh, alley so i go through there and it actually comes to a dead a, a dead end, but and then when I look, it I didn't quite notice it before, but there's a passage on either side. Hmm. And so I look to the left, and I, I look to the right, and the right is a little lighter, and the left is a little darker, so I turn to the right, and I continue down there, and it opens up into a much larger courtyard. In this particular area, there are some families there, there are some tables, hmm. and they have um, lamb cooking on a spit. They've got... Uh, we know why like, you went this way. It yeah, wasn't about, yeah, yeah. It wasn't about the light. light. You they, they, what, it, it smells like fresh uh, bread, but this bread is like really flat. Um, and it's coming out of like a like an oven that's in the middle of this courtyard. But it has like they have the, the bread on the walls just kind of stuck there. And it's being made. And it smells so good. And I see a, um, this older woman taking and she's pouring out of this flask some golden looking oil liquid. And um, I head over and I smell it. And um, they don't talk they don't introduce themselves but they look at me with a smile and they uh, motion for me to sit down and so I sit down and they just bring what looks like fresh tomatoes fresh cucumbers um, all these different types of sauces and dips and they bring over the bread and they're cutting off some uh, leg of lamb and they're bringing it over and I'm just I'm overwhelmed and um, yeah and so I'm having a good time sitting here eating I have no idea where I am can't remember necessarily how I got here, but it's nice and open, uh, and it's just a really, really good time. Okay, so you went from breakfast to second breakfast. Yes, second gotcha. breakfast. Yeah. All right. We're gonna go back to the apartment, Dimitri. Dimitri's gonna excuse himself, not bother the reader. Big guy, you know that 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 cloak that you were so interested in having worked on. Do I assume that you want a little bit more? Room in the arms, is that what I'm hearing here? Uh, maybe no arms on the on the cloak. If you want, I can take it with me. And he's going to put out his hands with them open to see if he wants to hand him the cloak. He looks at you askance. Something is tugging at him. He looks like he is ready to just walk out the door with you. But then he realizes his presence in the city is probably going to be more of a problem than anything. And so his shoulders slump. He He lays out the robe on a table in the kitchen. And then he indicates with his hands, he would like, well, why don't you do an intelligence check? Who? Uh, five. You have no clue what he's trying to no. indicate to you. Well, eight, but still, that's not hot. That's not very high. When he sees that comprehension is not dawning on your face, it's evident that he's getting a little irritated. In fact, there's a light scent of methane in the air. <laughs> That's bash's smell. Everyone understands that. I have a disguise kit. Do I have a piece of uh, chalk in that? You do. I'm going to hand my piece of chalk toward him. 
He takes it in his clawed fingers. At first, he actually breaks the first piece you give him. He, he I was literally going to say it. he takes yes. it and crushes it into powder. I mean, yes. he, it breaks and it snaps and he, he looks horrified for a moment. But then he, he takes one of the halves and picks it up. And then he begins writing in a strange script on the table surface. And then he looks at you meaningfully. What languages do you know? Um, just common and infernal. Okay. Unfortunately. Doesn't mean anything to you. Sure. Sure. So when he sees again, nothing, he begins to draw on the fabric, which is I'm sure what you were going for to begin with. And he, he draws a line from the shoulder seam down to that. And then he scribbles a bit on the sleeve and the same thing on the other side. And then he begins to try and put on the robe over his head and it slides down, but it, it catches at hit. It's not wide enough. And so he works his way back out of it, spreads it back out on the table and adds some lines on the side to show a panel needs to be added. And then he looks at you meaningfully. Do I re-roll? Or, okay. I think this was pretty clear. Okay. I will absolutely deliver this. I'll do what I can to make sure that we have all this taken care of so it'll fit wonderfully. He holds it up and hands it to you. Uh, you notice that the fabric is shimmering. Okay. The stars appear to be metallic, but they bend with the cloth, and it is just a, a gorgeous piece of cloth. As I reach up and grab it, the sleeve and my glove separate, uh -huh. and Thump is able to see that my skin is not the same color as it was before, but is a, a, a much darker color. What dark color? Uh, a dark blue. He inhales his breath sharply. His nostrils flare, and he stands up to his full height. His head almost bumps the ceiling, and he stares at you. Well, that's uncomfortable. It seems, uh, Tira, I know you're invested in your book, and you're really enjoying yourself. Uh, it seems that I have been able to uh, not been able to communicate with your, your good friend in his cloak. Uh, he's done a bit of uh, work himself, and when you... Get get to a stopping place in your book. Uh, I'm sure that you can help him with that. Or maybe here is <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri makes a hasty retreat okay. out, out the out the front door with the cloak. No, no, he left that. No, oh. he did not. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't go right. Dimitri is very upset when he what steps out the door, and is I'm very colorful language. Uh, uh, not pretty language, but very colorful language on his way out the door and kind of stomps down the stairs. So if, if Tira had been paying attention or listening carefully, she would have heard um, a lot of um, angry words and stomping. Why don't you give me a perception check with disadvantage? Okay. Ten. Nope. You didn't catch any of that. You, okay. you heard some of the words. <laughs> He's like, nope. could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> You do wake, waken, I, I yeah. use the word awaken from your book sure. to find Thump staring at you. There's a flat, dusty smell in the air. Just no. <laughs> okay. That's what I have for dust. It's no. Okay. That's what you have. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean that's what it is, but uh, okay. There's a, a light tinge of vinegar to it. Uh, mm, okay. Uh, like you say, Tira awakens briefly. I mean, she's not so entranced by the book that she has literally no attention for anything else. Uh, so she looks up, maybe at the sound of the door closing, takes a quick survey of the room, sees Thump obviously looking quite discomfited, and notices the sense he's giving off, and sees that Dimitri's no longer there. Oh, wait, did Dimitri leave? I thought he was going to take your cloak to be altered. I, I mean... I 
I would do it for you, Thump. I, I, he's, he's staring at you impassively, letting the, the fabric run through his fingers from one hand to the other. Uh-huh. He holds it up in front of him. Okay. Um, well, uh, wait, no, I forgot. Does it have to be eight hours straight? No, it needs to oh. be 48 hours of reading. Right, but not on Within room. a seven-day period. Okay, okay, okay. So Tira... Sees the disappointed and kind of, well, disappointed, an uncomfortable look on Thump's face, realizing he really wants this cloak fixed, and she glances back down at the book. No way. How to tone the edges with a very diet. And way is spelled (laughs) W-H-E-Y. Ooh, ooh, I want to come back to that. (laughs) Definitely want to come back to that. Uh, And she maybe dog ears a page or something. Okay, remember that page. And then reluctantly closes it and very, very specifically sets it down at the head of this mattress. Okay. Come back to that. I'll take that. I'll take that cloak for you. Did he say where he was going? Well, you won't be able to answer that question. (laughs) Thump perks up at the obvious indication that you're ready to go out. Yeah. I'll take it for you, Thump, if you want to stay here. Uh, He slumps again. I know. It's probably best, though. We're trying to lay low. He snorts and looks out the window, wistfully. I I promise I won't be gone long. I'm literally just going to drop it off and give your instructions. I'll be right back. I definitely want to get back to my book, but this is important, too. So you won't be alone for very long, I promise. And she takes the cloth, lays a hand on his arm, and looks into his face. I'll be right back. (laughs) 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 Poor Thumpy. (laughs) Oh, baby. Okay. And then uh, heads out the door, down the steps. And in the direction of the marketplace. In the direction of the marketplace, okay. I suppose. I'm going to need a... Yeah, because f- we wound our way like crazy yeah. through here. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> if you can give me a wisdom... Oh, man. ...check, and we'll count that as a wisdom survival check. I was so hoping you were going to say survival. I'm at least proficient in that, so I have... Um... Some chance. Why, that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my jam, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. You still have to roll good, though. Still have to roll good. Okay. 13. You'll get a head start. You're headed in roughly the right direction. Okay. <laughs> so I was proficient there because that was going to be bad. Dimitri, we'll go back to you. You leave the tenement and you are making your way along the streets. What are you doing? Where are you headed? I immediately headed to one of the, um, the hideouts of a, another uh, family, not the Karopolis family, but one of the smaller families who would have been making moves at this point and trying to do what they can to establish a foothold uh, since there's been such a disturbance in the power structure. Mm-hmm. Um, Does this family have a name? Little family. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Caligalis family. The Caligalis family. Gotcha. Since the Karopolis have taken a hit and are, it's like kicking a hornet's nest at this point. There's a lot of busyness, but the Caligalis family, uh, they were a few steps down. Uh, the Caligalis family had really um, had more money in protection. They'd run a couple of like kind of quiet schemes here and there. It had been, uh, they had a couple of houses that were known for being gambling houses. They had a few houses of ill repute. Nothing big, but not great. They couldn't 
advance past their position due to the Karopoulos family having so much power, especially in the marketplace. And so kind of on the outskirts of the city, Caligallus would be the closest one. And so Dimitri, knowing that his time would be limited to kind of work on this, immediately goes to, to meet with the Caligallus family. You arrive at the door of the back alley entrance to the Caligallus family outpost. At, it's not headquarters. Before he goes to knock on the door, he kind of steps aside from the main street, quietly mutters something, plays with his clothes a little bit, and casts a spell so that he will look like he had previously. The Dimitri look comes back to him. There's a random cat in this alley, and all of a sudden it just lifts into the air and flies out of the alley. (laughs) 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 It looks just as surprised as you would expect a cat to. And certainly you've never seen anything like that before, but it sails out and is headed in the direction of the harbor. Flying, not just being flung. It's, but It is flying. It has control. It, all the claws are out windmilling every direction. <laughs> the tail is as big as its head. It's just poofed out and the eyes are gigantic. Have, have, you, seen, oh boy. have you seen the video of the lady who taxidermied her cat and turned it into a quadcopter drone? <laughs> No. The legs are spread out. (laughs) Get out of here. That is awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. It's a thing, and we're going to have to share that link when we get to this episode releasing. My word. But I get the impression it's kind of like a quadcopter cat. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. What kind of sick freak? (laughs) Flying out over Karavi. Okay. So I, I can imagine Dimitri looking at it going, huh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. that was something. <laughs> All right. Uh, so based on that, it, the, your intended effect takes place. The unintended effect also takes place. <laughs> well, that was a thing. So coming up to the door, um, Dimitri does the knock for the Caligalis family. And what does that knock sound like? That knock sounds like. There's a pause and the door or a a viewport in the door slides open. A pair of eyes stares at you impassively for a moment. You hear a grunt, slide shut, and then the door clicks open. There's a dark hallway ahead of you. Dimitri's going to walk down the dark hallway, nodding to the person who opened the door. Right, you can't see him. He's in the shed. Well, well, you can see him, but um, he is behind the door. Okay. Dimitri's going to nod, hoping he's there, and then walk down the hallway toward where he remembers, or he would remember the, the, the boss's room to be, at least last time he was there. Yeah. It is morning outside. The sun is bright and shining. This hallway makes it feel like it's the dead of night, and there is a red glow in the room ahead. <laughs> You can hear laughter and somebody scoots a chair. Okay. And as you step into the room, you find a group of men is playing some kind of game. Okay. I assume the boss is in? No, he's not not here. Why why would you expect the boss to be here? Says one of the men. Well, uh, with all of the things that have gone on in the market square, 
I figured that he would be ready to start getting things going, to be speaking uh, to some of the businesses that now don't have the protection that he once did. Well, that's why he's not here. He is out speaking. Wonderful. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. Do you happen to know uh, which portion of the um, marketplace that he's me focusing on today? Oh, I'm sure he will be all over it. All right. Well, wonderful. Why do you want to know? Trying to do what I can to make sure that he has the support that he needs. Uh, make uh, I was uh, privy to some of the information of what happened yesterday. Um, I happen to have, know some people who were in the area. We want to make sure that you know what's going on. Then he will want to speak with you. Excellent. Well, that sounds wonderful. Here, he, let me give you this. And he writes, scrawls something on a piece of paper, crumbles it up, and sticks it in your hand. That sounds excellent. Well, I appreciate that so much. I, I do want to let you know that it seems that this is uh, not going to be a temporary change. If we can make sure that this stays to be a permanent change, the Coropolis problem may be a thing of the past. That sounds promising. He will likely want to hear what you have to say. Well, that sounds excellent. See you gentlemen later on. Have fun with your game. I hope you win. All right, you make your way out. Wamberbass, in the courtyard. Why don't you go with what you were going to say? So, um... I sit down and I, I'm eating with, it seems like more than one family. It's a very long table in this courtyard. Uh-huh. And um, as I'm eating, I look up. It's a courtyard that is essentially square. Mm-hmm. And it has basically two homes per side. However, one side has a much larger house that's taking up that one full side of this square. And as I'm eating, I'm noticing that there are symbols painted above the doorways of each of these homes. And I happen to notice the one that I'm sitting with my back to. I turn and look, and on this door, there's a symbol. And it's basically a bird with its wings out, but with two heads. And so I... I Prussians. Yeah, I've never, I've never, seen, I've never seen that before. <laughs> um, but I noticed, like, yeah. one has a, is a, uh, a head of a black wolf, it looks like. And another one has a uh, sort of, looks like a wagon wheel uh, with a piece of iron through it. At that time, I turn my attention to the little kids because I'm sitting next to some little kids and they're pulling on my hair and tugging it and just like laughing and giggling and stuff. Then um, one of the ladies comes over with a smile and puts down this cup with, it's a drink and it's got like um, cinnamon stick hanging out of it. It's got like a star herb mm-hmm. uh, in it mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And she goes, ouzo, ouzo. And so I take it and it's it tastes really good. It's got uh, I, as I take a drink of it, it's got like cardamom pods floating in it and all this other stuff, which you already have in your possession. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, this is really good, but of course they don't understand what I'm saying. Um, after that, the kids sort of tug me away from the table, and we start running around, and they start hitting and running away. And one of the kids grabs me into and pulls me into the home. And the rest of the kids follow of the the bigger house with the uh, with the symbol of the the uh, bird with two heads. Mm-hmm. So we go in, and I notice it's like a nice place. And uh, as the kids are running around, it's clearly they're hiding, and they want me to find them. So I run around and and go and try to find them, and I happen to walk into this room with a ton of books. And I sort of lose interest in trying to find the kids, and I look at the the books, and I I find a particular book that has a really weird animal on it. It's basically a horse with the body of a man on it, uh, uh, the, the, the t- top torso of a man where the horse's head is. So I, I pull the book out and I open it up and I see things I've never seen before. The book appears to be ancient. Yeah, the, the woman has, there's a woman here and she has no face, um, but she has, like, her hair is snakes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I turn the, 
I turn the cover and then I see this animal that has like the the body of the upper torso of a man but like the head of what looks like a goat but his legs are also goats and I'm turning this I can't read any of the the descriptions but right. it's all of these animals that I've never seen before on one of the pages also you turn and you see what looks like a crystal pillar and you see people marching toward it on one side humans marching toward it on one side and then these weird creatures marching away from it on the other side yeah this this looks like this looks like a one of the crystal pillars and and I'm 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 thumbing through it and I'm seeing pictures and images of things that are just completely foreign to anything I've seen or even experienced, except for things like I I you know it's interesting that there was this pillar, um, and so I'm I'm in there and then um, one of the ladies uh, from outside comes in, looks and smiles and grabs me and pulls me back out out to the courtyard, uh, but I still have the book in my hand and she looks at the book and and she. She um she says like her face is like oh you you found this you like this book I I reach in and grab some um coin and I try to give it to her and she closes my hand and 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 pushes it away and with her and shakes her head and says says um however you say no and whatever the language is I suppose <laughs> um and then I, I sit back down and the kids come out like disappointed because I didn't find them <laughs> so they come over and and try to like egg me on to yeah. to play some they're more. trying to climb up in your lap yeah, to yeah, yeah. see see what book has yeah. captured your attention and when i open the book they look at the book too and they're just as um interested and mystified and so it's me sitting there with four kids hanging off of me and we're all looking at the book together yeah you're doing that and enjoying everything about this moment when suddenly you hear very dimly from outside Startled cries and somebody yelling in a very alarmed way. Uh, can I see them? No, or this room is pretty it? well closed off and it's at the front of the house, whereas the back is what directs into where the sound is coming from, into the courtyard area. I'm going to sort of close the book, turn and look at the kids and see their face. What are their faces? Do they notice it? Are they also upset or seem worried? Either they haven't heard it or whatever, but uh, it's getting more insistent. Okay, I'm going to put the book down and try to follow my ears to kind of hear okay. see where You follow your way back out to the courtyard. Okay. And as you step out, you see one of the older men at the table. He is clutching at his throat and he is basically, as you step out, he falls face forward down onto the table. He's obviously choking. Okay. The women that are there serving the food are so frantic. They don't know what to do. One of them is screaming. That's the sound that you heard inside. Okay, so Wamrabash runs over and puts his left hand on his back. And balls up a fist and kind of punches him in the stomach. Okay. I was going to say make a medicine check. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have, there's no time for that. Yeah, well, this is Walmart Bash we're talking about. Let's, yeah. Let's go with a, oh man, would sleight of hand work? <laughs> <laughs> athletics? I don't know. Yeah, athletics. Let's go with a strength athletics check. Okay. Or let's make it a dexterity athletics check. Dexterity. I like that. Okay. All right. 19. A chunk of lamb goes sailing across the table. And Wombard Bash, as it comes out, grabs it with his right hand out of his mouth. <laughs> and, then put, and then throws it in his and eats it. No. <laughs> uh, the man gasps and he immediately <gasps> inhales and the women begin weeping. We're going to leave you there. Okay. I like the detail. I like the flavor. Yeah. Tira, you're looking for the right way to go. A little girl and her young sister come walking down the street, and they are carrying a basket of some sort. It appears to be empty right now. Mm. So Tira, seeing this, assumes they may be on their way to the market. Mm -hmm. um, are they ahead of me? or They are up the street from you, and they are okay. headed towards you. 
Oh, they're headed towards me. Yes. So I'm going the wrong way altogether, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, are they looking at me as they approach? They glance at you and you certainly look out of place. They're not somebody you're uh-huh. from. You are not somebody they're familiar with. And so you're an object of interest, if only in passing. Okay. Tira will smile. Then one of them looks at you and smiles real big and points, and you hear Asimaris somewhere in what she says. Yes, yes, uh, Asimaris is a friend of mine. She'll put a hand on her chest. I'm Tira, and then gesture toward the little girl who pointed to her with a with a you know inquisitive look. Irena. Irena, that's beautiful. Are you on your way to the market? Market, and she indicates the basket. Agora. Sure. <laughs> 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 she hefts the basket yeah, yeah. and and then points uh-huh. to you and then to her sister and and in a direction. Tira will hold up the cloak and indicate, "I'm going too. Perhaps you can show me the way. May I come with you?" She smiles and laughs and gestures to you. I just turn and and about face and yeah. go along with them. Um, I guess as we're walking along, is it too much to say that they allow me to walk like between them or? They immediately latch onto your hands. Okay. One on either side. And the younger one is skipping and now, singing a little song. That's cute. <laughs> what is our size difference, honestly? You're pretty similar in size. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. As they walk along... She's singing a little song. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tira will try to improvise, humming along a little tune. Because, you know, regular, Try, conver- regular, con- yeah, regular conversation obviously is not going <laughs> to really happen you here. You drink some of that stuff. Uh, oh, the whistle like- nectar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give her some here. Drink this so we can understand each oh, other. You probably could. You probably could. I didn't bring everything with me. I just grabbed the oh, cloak okay. and went, you know. I, yeah. That's probably in my pack, which is back in the house. Yeah. Uh, the girls are moving at little mm-hmm. girl pace, mm-hmm. and you're content to yeah. go with them, although you do have that burning itch of getting back to your book. Right, right. Uh, but after about 20 minutes of meandering through the streets, uh, you come at last back out to a familiar site of the marketplace. Once they walk out into the open street... Then Tira will hold the cloak out to the girls. Taylor, seamstress, where, where should I, where should I take this? Because that's not one of the booths they visited yesterday or the other day. The younger one takes you by the hand and skips in the direction of the booths. Already, you can see people are out, and there's sounds of hammering, and people are carting broken bits of booth away, and there's a lot of jumble in there as people are trying to maneuver and maintain their business operations and everything. And you see a group of men with slicked back hair. Each of them wears a little pin on his tunic that appears to be a purple rose. And uh, they are... Which means something to you, apparently. (laughs) You you would know that as the Kalagala symbol, Uh, but you don't know anything about that. Yeah, you make your way through the booths. You hear these men, these oily men talking in low voices with some of the people in the market. And there seems to be a lot of head nodding and, and nose tapping mm. as you pass by. But what is that to you? So you make your way to a tailor. Tira pinches the girl under her chin like, thank ow, you. Ow, ow, No. <laughs> <laughs> Affect, an affectionate little... Tweak. Tweak, yeah. 
Thank you so much. And um, I don't know, maybe reaches into her pocket and gives her a silver coin. Just kind of maybe. Remember, it's, in... remember it's one experience per gold or 100 gold. That's right. Forget yeah, it. Yeah, I'm so, like, so uh, I'm not going to give him that much of a tip. Good grief. <laughs> Why not? You paid that much for, <laughs> for soup. soup. Bowl of soup. Yeah. <laughs> so Tira gives her an affectionate tweak under her chin and says, thank you. And reaches into her pocket and just flips a silver coin into each of their little hands. Their eyes go huge and they begin squealing with delight and they both tuck them into pockets yeah. in their, their clothing. With laughter, they glance over their shoulders and... Run off to go yep. buy a treat. Yep. Um, so then Tira turns her attention to the tailor's stall, lays the cloak out on the counter. Is he standing there already? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's just going to fold it out, indicate the um, the markings that Thump made. The vendor looks very impressed as you lay the garment out. Like I said, the, it, the, the cloth has a shimmer to fabric, it. Yeah. It spills over the countertop mm -hmm. and settles into place very neatly, almost without wrinkle. Right. And the stars catch the morning light, and it's it's just incredible to look at. Yeah. <laughs> After a little bit of looking and ooing and aahing over the fabric, the vendor looks at you and, and says, Are you certain you want me to work on this? It looks perfect as it is. It, it needs... Needs to fit a slave. Yeah, <laughs> I know, exactly. She's like, uh... Can you make it a bunch bigger? Yeah, yeah. It, it just needs to be a bit bigger to fit my friend. Obviously, he wants to be able to wear it. I see, I see, I see. And these markings are accurate? Yes. Uh, we, he just wasn't able to accompany me to the market today, but he made the marks himself. Okay. I think maybe five hours? That's fine. Six hours? We are staying in the area for the next couple of days anyway. All right, this will cost. That's fine. I want to make sure I do best job. Absolutely. I definitely understand this is not your average cloak. We, we would like it done right. It will be done. Thank you very much. Um, I don't want to say cost is no object to these people because they'll be like, oh, well then. You're opening a dangerous door there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not going to, we're not going to say that. And uh, so just uh, leaves it with him. Then Tira turns around to survey the scene before her. You said she saw carts trundling past or people... Um, Wheelbarrows yeah, and that sort of thing. Of, of bro broken stall pieces. Yep. Seeing that Tira feels a, a twinge of... I'm kind of to blame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, feel, feels a twinge of responsibility yeah. because, you know, this fight broke out that they basically started. Mm. And even though she feels justified in pushing that th those bullies back but the the consequence of it sure. on the townspeople who had nothing to do with it is very unfortunate and she regrets that so um she's going to rush forward to the nearest stall that seems to be under repairs and say here let me help you with that okay we're going to pause here and we're going to end this episode yeah. we'll pick up next time right here okay and we'll hold off on XP until mm. that point also. Oh man. <laughs> Are you that close? Oh, I'm three points away. Okay, okay. Well, then let's, no, no, it's, it's... no, no, no. Let, let's, let's settle it. Uh, we will go ahead and calculate. You get two. 
We'll, exactly. All right, and then it ends. <laughs> we'll, we'll calculate XP. We'll, we'll take this one at a time. Womberbash, Michael, um, for your description of the place, uh, adding to the city, the, the courtyards and that sort of thing, the family feast. Take a half a point. The house, uh, the, the children, the, the book uh, of yeah. obvious historical or legendary value, and then saving someone's life. I'm going to make that... That's a good three one points. experience point. Yeah. <laughs> Typical, yeah. <laughs> saving someone's literal life. Yeah. Yeah. So for helping an individual, yeah, you get five experience points. For your building out of the city and for your further exploration of the city of Karavi, I'm going to give you another four. And there's room for more. So fifty-four points. Excellent. Hey, Jeremy, for Dimitri and the role playing and everything. No kid. Yeah, this is a lot of fun to see him develop already. <laughs> Uh, some interesting things going on here. I know. I'm like, I'm like, are you a tiefling or something? What in the world? And so we have your your added dimension with the rival gang on the spot. Yeah. Um, the the story and everything there. I'm going to give you six experience points. Sweet. Meredith, for yes. your role playing with the book. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then deciding against your comfort and your desire to go help Thump. And also making your way down to the town and some of the description there. Uh, why don't you take six experience points also? Uh-oh. <laughs> so that causes you to level, correct? It does. Okay, so we'll get to that right after this. Stackers, thank you. We're going to continue with this two-day period of world building. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, if you have any thoughts or dimensions that you are envisioning about Karavi, we'd love to hear about it. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dice. We have a Discord server that allows for longer responses, and you can find information about that both on Instagram and Twitter. We would love to interact with you there more directly. Let's get a recap before we conclude. Tira is now three points into level 14. Hey, hey. Bam. Wammer Bash is 14 points into level 14. Wonderful. We got Dimitri, and he's at 27 points into level 12. Is it 12 or 11? It keeps going back and forth. He's 12. Okay. The first episode he said 11, but that was a mistake. The first episode he said 12. The second episode he said 11. Oh, it should be 12. 12. Yeah, it should be, yeah. Into 12, yeah. Thank you, Stackers, and we will see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. Remember Gene Simmons and and Tom Selleck and that stupid movie where he was controlling all the robots? No. What are you talking about? Okay, look it up. Look it up. It's it's Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons is the bad guy. And he's like this computer genius and he's like hack he's making little robots and they're killing people, assassinating people. Uh, Tom Selleck is a cop. Okay. <laughs> it it takes like place in Los Angeles. It's called Kiss from a Robot. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> and the song is <laughs> Baby. If I can get a kiss from a robot. <laughs> that's, a, that's pretty odd, everybody. Oh, you didn't look it up? That's what it's called. No, that sounds ridiculous. All you gotta do is do Tom, Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons movie in Google, and they'll say, oh, yeah, that's... There's definitely only one of those. <laughs> I don't think they've ever been in another, another movie. <laughs> Tom You're not gonna well, get thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. Simmons. Look, Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons movie. Runaway. Okay, never came out in '84, rated PG-13.
and people are cheering and shouting and laughing. You hear, you hear whistling. <laughs> <laughs> you hear pages turning. 